Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. another episode of Show About Science. This is your host, Nate. And today, we are going to be interviewing David Vaughn about the stuff that helps you breathe and helps you stay alive. Guess what it is? It's coral. If you want to hear more, stay tuned. So, could you introduce yourself? I'm Dr. Dave Vaughn, and I'm the executive director of the Elizabeth Moore International Center for Coral Reef Research and Restoration in the Florida Keys, and that is part of Moat Marine Laboratories. And I also run the Coral Reef Restoration Program. So could you tell me about coral fragmentation, and could you explain it? I sure can, Nate. Corals are a part animal, part plant, part microbe that produce calcium carbonate skeletons, but they can reproduce just like most animals and plants, but they can also be made more of by a method called fragmentation. And fragmentation is nothing more than cutting it into pieces. And people have cut corals into pieces, usually large pieces, and made more of the fast-growing branching corals. But uh, we have introduced a new technology called micro-fragmentation. And that means making very, very small or tiny pieces And that seems to make the corals grow faster, and also we get more of them. So how do you create new pieces of coral? Like, can you create coral from scratch? What are the ingredients for coral? Well, that's a good question, Nate. And really, we can do it two different ways. One is that we can actually take an existing coral and we can cut it into small pieces and let each piece grow up. And that would be very similar to what somebody may do with a plant like a geranium where they make cuttings of the pieces or branches, pieces of the stem of the plant. And from each one, get a new root and make a new plant. So we do something similar with the corals. So it's not really from scratch. It's really from 
an adult coral that we cut into a lot of small pieces and make more. But we also do it another way, Nate. We can actually collect the gametes that are produced when corals reproduce or what is called spawn. And that'd be very similar to how a fish or a shrimp or a clam or an oyster actually gives off eggs and sperm. And by chance, some come together and form a new baby coral or a baby fish or shrimp or clam or oyster. And we have been successful in collecting the spawn or eggs and sperm from corals, which reproduce only one day a year. You believe that? Just one day. And only one in a million of the eggs usually makes it. But I'm not done. It usually happens maybe every 25 to 100 years. But in our laboratory, we've been able to now get thousands to survive. And they're very small and tiny, and they're about the size of the head of a pin. And that coral stays at that size for months. And maybe after one year old is about the size of a pencil eraser. Then after two years, maybe the size of a dime or a nickel coin. Three years old to get to the size of a quarter or a half dollar. And three and a half years to get the size of maybe a, a silver dollar. So they grow very slow. But once we can get them up to the size of a quarter or a silver dollar, we can cut them with a very special ceramic saw and we can make them into literally 50 to 100 tiny pieces. And each piece will grow back into a coral in as little as three to six months to the size of about, again, a silver dollar. So now we're making thousands of corals and actually planting them back out, just like somebody would think about getting a seed from a tree and planting trees. So we do that in a very controlled laboratory situation, which might be analogous to somebody having an operation because we actually use kind of a triage center and we cut corals into small pieces and then keep them in a post-operational type of setting for weeks but then in a few months, we'll grow them up and plant them back out on the reef. So what if somebody goes scuba diving and breaks off some of the fast-growing corals on the reef? Would it just grow back? Not necessarily, Nate. If somebody broke a piece of coral out on the reef, most likely it would fall to the bottom and sit in sand or mud and would not make it. And so one or two of the species of corals, the branching corals, it looks like a deer's antlers or a moose antlers. And in fact, they're called staghorn and elkhorn coral. If they're broken by a natural storm and land in hard rock and wedge themselves in, can over time grow back and attach. But the pieces that fall in the sand or roll around in the mud will not make it. So how many corals have you planted back on the reef? Well, we started off very small. And we 
have planted a few hundred in just the first few years, but now we produce a few hundred in an afternoon. So last year we planted 20,000 corals. We planted about 37,000 corals so far. We hope to hit 50,000 corals by the end of this year total that we have planted. I know that sounds like a large number, but I think next year we're looking for 50 to 100,000 corals that we plant that year. And the next year, maybe double that. And I hope within two to five years, we'll have planted over 1 million corals. How are you planning on doing all of this in such a short amount of time? Uh, That is another good question because normally these corals grow very slow. And normally someone would think that it would take many years, a lifetime, to produce just even a few hundred. But now with this new technology, we're able to produce thousands. And so I'm hoping that we can show the world that we can produce a million corals within my lifetime before I retire. And I have to tell you that I'm not as young as you are. I am over 60 years old. In fact, I'm 64 years old this month. So I hope to still plant 1 million corals before I retire. And I hope to train hundreds, maybe even a thousand people from around the world in our new international center, how this is done. And if that's the case, maybe we can produce many millions of corals around the world and replant them just as people have done recently with planting trees and planting dune grasses, planting wetland plants, planting mangroves, and think that it can be done. Count me in on the coral. That sounds fun. (laughs) Well, it actually is very interesting to see growing corals in our land-based nursery. These are actually tanks that look about the size of a ping pong table and they have about six inches of water in it and we hold about 1,000 corals in each one and we grow them on land for about three to six months and, and then we plant them in the field nursery and then actually the fun part starts when we get to put on scuba gear and actually take these corals back out to the reef and attach them back on. So, what can kids do to help? That's a great question. You know, Nate, if you had asked me that question of what can kids do to help 10 years ago, I would have probably listed about 10 different things that is affecting the reef, from climate change to diseases to bleaching to litter on the reef to damage on the reef, to coastal nearshore pollution, to stormwater runoff, to too many people visiting the reef, to overfishing, at least 10 or 12 different items. Now we realize that climate change is the biggest factor. Climate change causes a high temperature, which is one of the bigger problems of corals, which causes bleaching which allows them to get susceptible to diseases. 
And climate change with excess carbon also provides that lower pH or ocean acidification, as it's called, which corals have a harder time getting their calcium. Just think if we had a harder time getting our calcium from milk because we need it for our bones, corals need it for their skeletons as well. And so I would say it's not going to be solved by somebody just recycling one more aluminum can. But it helps that we stop having so much energy that is being used from fossil fuels to cause this problem on our planet of high temperatures. And so I would say for all the kids in the next generation, if we don't stop taking all of the fixed carbon that took billions of years on this planet to go from carbon dioxide into hydrocarbons, and try to burn them all off as free and cheap energy in just the last hundred and maybe the next hundred years, then we'll have probably caused the biggest impact on our oceans and probably our planet that has ever happened before. So I would say what we need to do is have a sustainable form of energy using less fossil fuels and hopefully have a wonderful planet that we can all enjoy and let the other organisms not suffer from high temperatures and low pH. I couldn't have told you that 10 years ago because that was three years before I was born. (laughs) Okay, well, fair enough, Nate. That was very good response. And so I want to make sure in your next generation that when you become the age that I started to become interested in marine biology, and that was at the age of 13. So that's almost twice your age that you would have the ability to see, again, the kinds of corals that I saw when I was 13. And I'm going to do my best to make that happen. So how can people find out more about your work? Oh, well, the best is to go on our website, and I work for Moat Marine Laboratory. That's spelled M as in Michael, O-T-E. And they can go on the website at moat.org, O-R-G, since we're a nonprofit organization. So you can search that website and see what we're doing in both coral restoration, coral reef monitoring, ocean acidification, coral health, coral diseases and see all the types of nice work we're doing. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Nate. I appreciate it. You're welcome. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.